Hi everybody, I'm Susan. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, thank you Arlene for asking me to uh, come here today. Appreciate that. And thanks to Cliff and Miriam and James for great shares. Of course, tough acts to follow. Thank you so much. Um, but uh, Arlene is correct. I just celebrated 32 years of continuous abstinence. Thank you. And it's just the greatest thing. It's just the great, hello. It's just the greatest thing um, that I've done in my life. It's an amazing accomplishment. You know, it's so funny, yesterday, this is the most peculiar thing. So yesterday I was reading some news and it said, it's not about me. It said, the royal family in England gets weighed before and after their Christmas meal. <laughs> this is true. And it started um, when they said the guy's name, Edward somebody, one of those Roman numerals. And it started because people were being, or were sickly and he wanted to make sure that people were eating enough. So he would weigh them to see that they were heavy enough after the meal. But when I read it, all I could think of was fully clothed, you know, like they have to get a... Did they take their shoes off at least? Oh my God. That's what they do. And they do it. It's so crazy. Um, I don't do that. I won't do that. Uh, so I have been a compulsive overeater. My first conscious uh, memory of um, being obsessed with food was when I was four. And that was, uh, so I don't know if what was going on before that. Um, and, uh, and then by the time I was six, I was being made fun of for my size. And this for me now is still, oddly enough, after all this time, uncomfortable that you'll be reminded to call me names because you're seeing me. I used to stand behind garbage cans. It was a good thing I was short then. I'd stand behind garbage cans and chairs and tables so people wouldn't look at me and be reminded to call me names. And, um, and I started hating myself. And I was six and I was hating myself. And uh, I have a son who's nine. When he turned six, I, I remembered and I thought, that's awfully young to start hating yourself for who you are, you know? I didn't relate it to eating because I don't think I knew at the time that if you eat too much, you know, you are what you eat, basically, is, is that deal. And um, I just didn't get it. Uh, but when I was 10, I was put on my first diet. And um, I lost some weight. And that was that. And um, basically what happened is after that, I always thought my first thoughts in the morning of growing up is, what diet am I going to be on today? How am I going to eat today? How am I going to lose weight today? You know, because... If I lose weight, everything will be good. I won't have any more problems because I will be thin. And that is the panacea for everything. Um, and I really believe that. I really believe that. Um, my life revolved around food. And it was all about how to get it, um, how to eat it. I was very private about um, how I ate. My mother would send me to the market after school, and it was like two blocks from our house. And um, so with the change, I would buy, you know, I call it good stuff. I would buy stuff for me. And I would just cram it in my mouth in those two blocks so that 
nobody would see me eat because I also thought being heavier that I wasn't entitled to eat, you know. So I didn't want to eat in front of anybody because they would say, why are you eating? You're fat. You shouldn't be eating. Don't you know how to eat? And um, so my life was a secret. It was really a secret from everybody. And my most comfortable times as a kid was when I was in my room by myself, um, no smile, didn't have to smile, didn't have to have my shoulders up, you know, hung those up. And, um, and I just sit and look out the window. Um, and, uh, and that's when I was absolutely most comfortable and most authentically me. I really felt like um, I had to behave in a certain way and uh, I had to do whatever you wanted me to do so that you would like me because that was really the most important thing. Um, I grew up in a house that uh, just wasn't fun, you know. It was just really loud and it was violent and it was scary. And um, I thought it was all my fault, you know. I thought that if only I could behave a certain way it would be okay. Why did I have to do that thing wrong? Why did I have to do that thing wrong? And the odd thing was I also thought that I should know things right away, you know? Um, I should know how to do something and I've never been taught how to do it or see it or whatever. So food, I would say, honestly, I think it saved my life when I was a kid, really. I was lonely. I had nobody I could turn to. There was nobody to trust. I was really betrayed by all the grown-ups in my life, um, not just my parents, but teachers and our doctor. So um, I just didn't know how to do anything, and I didn't know how to do it right. So the food really gave me a lot of solace. And um, I, would, um, I stole money from my parents to get food at lunchtime at school, uh, hostess snowballs, um, and when I was a kid they were only a dime, <laughs> so, um, so it was easy to steal money for that. Um, and uh, I needed it, I just needed it because at my house my mother didn't have good food in the house because uh, she was like always on a health kick. So the good food that we had was her favorite. You know, like, so we had this ice cream, but it was her favorite flavor, not mine, you know, not anybody else's, just hers. So, and you know, it stayed in the freezer for months. Anyway, so that was it. And um, so I was really popular in, in school um, and, uh, and made it my business to just have that smile on every day and making my business to have people know who I was and like me. That was really the most important thing, was that you like me. That's how I got my self-esteem and my nourishment. But I also knew that I was a fake because I knew that I was stuffing food in my face when I was alone and I would just die if you knew it. I, I couldn't even imagine that anybody finding out. It was such a secret to me to eat like that. And so I walked around feeling like at any moment, somebody's gonna tap me on the shoulder and say, we know who you really are, you know, and you gotta, you gotta get out of here. We don't, we don't like you anymore. Um, 
and um, and that was my life. That was really, really my life. In and between going to school and you know going to college and all that stuff. And um, I was just obsessed. I was just obsessed. And the obsession. I know they say we have a progressive uh, disease. Um, the obsession feels like it was always intense in my life. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, so. After college, I moved to New York. I had some roommates in New York, and um, one of my roommates and I always were reading the latest magazines. Look what it says, look diet, because every magazine, every women's, women's magazine, of which there are none, I don't think, anymore, every month on the first page was how to lose weight, how to lose five pounds yesterday. You know, that was the kind of thing it was. <laughs> and we would come and we would bring it home, and you know, go through everything and try and figure it out. And um, so one day I, I came home from school and uh, she was there and we were talking about yet another diet. And she said, I have figured out a way to lose weight and not, and eat everything I want. Well, I don't know about you, but that's my dream. That, that was my dream, I should say. That was my dream. I came in here, that was my dream. And so she said, you know, she eats whatever she wants, and she produces this teaspoon, and she says, and then I make myself throw up. And um, honestly, if I could have awarded her for a Nobel Prize, I would have. I thought, this was genius. This is in the early 70s. No bulimia, no anorexia, nothing is in our lexicon about any of that stuff. So I didn't know that it was crazy either. So um, I put it to the test. I didn't even need the teaspoon. I was that good at it. So um, I tried it. I loved it. And basically, I think the first year I did it a couple of times, probably on Thanksgiving, and, um, and it was great. And honestly, if it stayed two or three times a year and that's all I did, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't be standing here. But we know. We do have a progressive disease, so in seven years, that progressed to 10 times a day. And, um, and I was really a prisoner of my home. Um, I was married in between that, that time and um, had to make a lot of excuses for going into the bathroom. You know, oh, my stomach, I have food poisoning, even though he was eating the same food I was eat eating. You know, we had food poisoning. And, um, and we split up. It was really hard, and um, I lost my appetite for the first time in my life. No death really had nothing stopped me from eating, um, but this did, and, um, and I lost weight pretty quickly. Um, and I thought, oh, this is how you lose weight. You don't eat, you know. That's it. So, um, and then my appetite came back, and I was kind of really nervous about it because I really loved that I lost weight and everything. And I made the conscious decision. Whenever I eat, I will throw up. Whatever I eat, whenever. And so it became a busy life. It became a really busy, isolated life because I, how do you do that with other people around? I, I know that I've heard people uh, having binge buddies and stuff, but uh, that wasn't me. I was just living in secrets all the time. And um, 
after a while, I, uh, I couldn't do that anymore. My body just said, you know what, I have enough not doing it anymore. And um, I still continued eating the way I had learned to eat as a bulimic. I once read that the average bulimic binge is between 50 and 60,000 calories at a time. So that's what I was eating. Um, and I gained a lot of weight. So, uh, and I'm still trying these diets, you know, still go, Miriam talked about diet center. I thought, oh, I haven't even heard of that in a long time. And I even forgot what the diet was. I think they had some kind of wafer or something. Where is she? I think they had a wafer, something like that, didn't they? That you ate? What's that? It's an outside issue. Thank you. So, um, anyway, so I, I did that. I did everything. And, um, and nothing helped because I just had to eat. I just had to eat. And every morning, once again, I'd look through a book, looking for different diets. And again, all I wanted was a diet that let me eat whatever I wanted. So I was, um, I knew about this guy, my friend Gary, and he had come here and he lost 100 pounds and he never gained it back. Um, he's, he passed a number of years ago, but he died abstinent. And, um, and I would go out to lunch with him and he ate like what looked like a normal person, you know, he, uh, he even had a role. I wouldn't eat bread in front of anybody, ever, you know, because that wasn't right. You couldn't do that. Once again, it was all about what you thought about me. So, um, and he came here, and um, I didn't really want to come. I had somebody suggest it to me years before, and I said, I am not a joiner, you know. I, I don't do stuff like this. And um, so I went, I went to five meetings in five days. I bought the big book. One night I read the big book with my little highlighter and I read a lot. I don't know how far I got. But the book made me so uncomfortable with all the God and providence and creator and all that stuff. I couldn't even stand it in my house. And I had to throw it out that night because it was, just gave me the creeps. Also, <clears throat> that week I was talking to some women, and um, this one woman said to me, I can have any food in the house. It doesn't matter. I can have anything. And I thought to myself, she's lying, because you can't have wheat thins in the house. You just can't do it, you know? So, um, and I stopped. I stopped and ate more, ate for three more years. So I came in, I was a size 18. And um, I was just desperate. You know, we talk about God being the gift of desperation. And I was willing to do really anything anybody said I should do. And, <clears throat> excuse me, so um, the first thing, the obvious thing, well, actually, at my first meeting that time, the uh, leader picked the topic. It was a small meeting, and the leader picked a topic of surrender. And then we went around the room, so everybody had to share. And everybody's talking about, oh, surrender, it's so great, it's the greatest thing I ever did, you know, I'm so happy and everything. And all I could think of, surrender, you're a loser when you surrender. You know, who wants to do that? You know, that's, why are they bragging about it? You know, um, I had a lot of opinions in the beginning. I had a lot of opinions. There was this man at one of the meetings I went to, and every time he would hold up the big book and he would say, 
all the answers to any problem you have in life are in this book. And I thought, hmm, are the answers to world peace in that book? You know, I think so today. I happen to agree with him today. I think if everybody uh, used the big book as their uh, directions for life, it wouldn't be a bad thing at all. Not at all. So it would be a good thing. So, um, and I didn't want to believe in God because I thought people who believed in God were stupid. And um, I had a lot of opinions. And, um, and I didn't want that. I thought believing in God was a crutch also. And it never occurred to me that I maybe have used food as a crutch, but um, God certainly wasn't anything I wanted. But then I noticed that anybody who had what I wanted and that, you know, lost weight, you know, had some sort of peace of mind, really, that serenity looked really delicious to me, honestly, because I had never had any. Excuse me. Um, they all had a real, a deep relationship with their higher power. And um, I couldn't ignore it, really, anymore. And um, so I thought, well, what am I going to do? So first my sponsor said, you could borrow mine. Okay, I, I could do that. And then um, I acted as if I had a higher power. So I would do things like um, I had some books on my night table, and in the morning I'd wake up and I, I'd read this, you know, the little meditation books that we have. And um, I would remember if something nice happened to me, I would remember to say thank you to my higher power, you know, and just show my appreciation in some way. And um, so one day, this is several weeks later, and I was, uh, I was putting the big book down. I was, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I actually used to think to myself, is every Sunday going to be involved with reading the big book and the 12 and 12? Because that's all I did on Sundays, was read the literature. That's all I wanted to do. So this, it's not true today, just so you know. Um, so uh, I, I was putting the big book down, and I heard a voice. And the voice said, you are not alone, and you never have been. And it kind of stunned me, and then it embarrassed me, because that meant I have a higher power now. And I thought, how am I going to tell anybody this one, you know? And um, so the next morning, I went to my Monday morning meeting, and, um, and I shared about it. But I was embarrassed that I, you know that I fell for it. I felt for your big scam about the higher power, you know. So, um, so I started uh, using it. How much time do I have left? Oh, that's it? Okay. So, I believe in a higher power today. My higher power is um, really my go-to every day. Every day I, I write a letter to my higher power. Every day I pray. Every day I'm conscious of a higher power. And I just want to say this really quickly. After 32 years, I am yet again on another OA pink cloud. I don't know why it happened, but it did. It happened several months ago. And I'm just so in love with OA. I always have been, but not like this boy. I just, um, what keeps going around in my mind is that first promise that we have. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And boy, oh boy, is that something that I can relate to. And uh, for somebody who had no freedom, 
somebody who had no happiness unless that something was going in my mouth. It's miraculous. If you're new, I really encourage you to come back. You'll hear your story at some point here. And um, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. I want to say one more thing about Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm going to say one more thing. The great thing about Thanksgiving for me is I don't have to eat today. I don't have to compulsively eat today. And the reason is because of this program. Really, I'm a compulsive overeater. That's not gone away. Um, I can't manage my own life on my own. That's not got, gone away. But today, I don't have to do it, you know, and that's the gift of being here. Thanks a lot. Yeah.